Jolt. The Jolt. This is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. I'm Larry Flick, and you are on the Jolt Sirius XM OutQ, and um, Uzo Aduba has entered the studio, and this dress has given me so much life, I might rip it off your body and put it on mine. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> You're going to have to fight me for it. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling I would lose. <laughs> Even though I got a little weight on you, I, you would, that's a hot dress. Thank you so much. I wish I could see it. It's like this like really cool color block of black what what is that Kelly Green and white? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just Kelly. giving me everything. Thank you. And the shoes, you know. Thank you very much. I, I, I'm a gay guy who appreciates fashion, even though I dress like an old man. <laughs> you know, dad plaid and chinos. Hey. <laughs> so, so you can see Uzo, of course, as uh, as uh, Crazy Eyes, her Emmy award winning role on Orange Is the New Black, available on Netflix, third season. We're we're so not about the plot spoilers, especially mm-hmm. because people tend to watch a show like Net uh, uh, like Orange in odd chunks. Mm-hmm. I've already seen yes. I've seen the whole season. Okay, because we've had a few people up, so I wanted to make sure I was all caught up. All caught up. Got it. What a great season! Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Are you feeling Are you feeling like this was um a validating season for? For you and for your character? I felt like this season, yeah, I felt excited to watch the growth from point A to point B over Mm. the course of the season where she started in the beginning of the season was so broken because of, for those of you, I'm going to keep it as unspoilery as possible, you know, where we ended season two kept, you know, left Suzanne in a particular place and you know, Genji was exploring these themes of motherhood and faith throughout the course of season three and to watch her come to terms with the state of her own mother was an interesting start. Mm. And then to watch her, because of that circumstance, be at a loss for her faith. She had been somebody who had been putting her faith in other people for so long. You know, she's... As we saw in seasons one and two, she's been um, a bit of an idol worshiper in the past. And so to then be able to see her, I was just excited and proud to watch her make the choice, the act of choice, to put some of her faith in herself and what that did to change her in the end. And, and, I, and I loved um, that at the end, that through and through at the end of the day, Suzanne is a believer. I love this character so much. And and um, I feel like she is is the soul of the show. Oh wow! Because I think that she represents a little piece of every woman in that prison. Oh. I honestly do because I think that she she represents all the hope that you have in your body and your spirit, and then you can lose, mm-hmm. and how shattering that can be, mm. and how. Um, even though she can be you know, quite funny mm-hmm. the way she's written, she is the the character who makes me cry. Oh, and I hate that they call her Crazy Eyes. You know that's so- I hate that name. It burns my stomach. Yeah, it really does. Honestly, yeah. I have a very strong, serious reaction 
to you and to this character. Um, and I feel like you do too. A very strong, serious reaction. Oh, I most certainly do. And thank you for that. That was very, very kind. Very, very kind. Um, absolutely. I, I feel that way as well. You know, for me, Suzanne, she is someone when I think about her because her idea of herself is has grown to be by hook or by crook I'm not I'm not sure where she made this decision yet but the she's decided I am not going to conform and be what is expected of me I'm going to wear my hair the way I wear it I'm going to talk about the things that I like talking about I'm going to express myself for who I am and um, I feel like not everything not much can um, really break her in the way of her belief not often is she broken she's and she's very even though she's so open she also she's she's certain of what she wants and who she is um and i do believe that it's it's very destabilizing for her when people call her crazy eyes which is you know which led her to ask the question in season one maybe this person who's new piper she can tell me why do they call me that? Because I don't see what I'm doing that's so that would warrant a label such as that. Um, particularly when all I'm doing is offering love. I'm really not sure why that comes across in that way. And because I know that that's that's where she lives. I know she lives in a place of love. She lives from a, comes from a place of giving out, not taking. She's giving away so much. Her heart, her mind, her ideas, her friendship, her love everything she's offering it so willingly it does it does sting me sometimes when I hear it said I'm like oh you know it's that you, you don't you don't get it you know you, and I, you <laughs> never will and you never will and it, it, honestly I, I think it's the part of me that reacts to uh, folks who will will sometimes lovingly say certain things to me mm -hmm. and and I'll think I didn't tell you you could say that. Mm. Right? Like before we turned the mics on, I said to Uzo, if I mess up your name, just say, you got it wrong, you stupid queen. And that's my way of saying to you, we can be down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We can be down and you can say whatever you want. This is a room where you can say whatever you want. Yeah. But if I haven't said that to you, yeah. oh, I'll cut you. Yeah. Well. Right? I, yes. And and, yes, Suzanne's. <laughs> yeah. and the thing about and the thing about her is to me, she's so regressive back to childlike innocence. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel. When I, when I feel like she's giving, mm -hmm. I feel like she gives in the way a toddler gives. Yeah. Before the, it's almost like somehow she's in this place and she has had to revert all the way back to the safety of innocence before the world burned her. Absolutely. You know, that's interesting you should say that because the character when I was first introduced to her in the script she is first introduced as being innocent like a child except children aren't scary that was that was for me the key to unlocking the door of who this woman was because I was really interested in exploring something other than this name I said okay her character name is listed as crazy eyes so and the first person who calls her by name is Morella, Lorna Morella, played by Yellowstone. Don't sit with her, not with crazy eyes. And so we already know that. So I don't need to make that a thing, you know. So what else is there? 
And I really was hooked to that line, innocent like a child except children aren't scary. And I thought, oh my gosh, that blew my mind. I thought, that is a wealth of information there. Firstly, I'd never heard of someone in prison being described as being innocent. That's not Mm. a word you often hear associated with someone who's been incarcerated. Secondly, I don't think you ever hear someone who is an inmate being identified as a child, you know? So I thought this is a very specific way we're speaking about this person. Yeah. And so for me, I thought, oh, that means this person is operating from a place of purity. There is no agenda here. There is no calculation. This is somebody who acts and then thinks. This is someone who is giving. This is children when they tear up a, a playroom, they're not their intent is not to then destroy a room. Their intent is to play with all the toys. It's um, purge. Yes. And then they look around and they see, oh my gosh, this place is a mess. And I don't know what to do with it. I guess I'll try and pick up some of these my little pony. You know, that's what I thought about when I thought of Suzanne. That that's where she's coming from. She acts and then thinks. But it always still, even if the action might seem violent, complicated or misunderstood by someone, her operation, it always comes from a place of love. Is that what keeps you from bringing her to a place of being crazy like a fox? Yeah. (laughs) Because another angle to this woman could be, this is how she's surviving. Mm. She's surviving by making everyone think that she's nuts Mm. and she might be the most sane. Yeah. And this is how she's keeping everyone away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, that's a piece of it. I think for her, yeah, absolutely. I also, I think that's another piece of it. Absolutely. I think I also tapped into this idea for me when I was reading it. I thought, well, what, I had this imagination of, well, what if, what if what we're watching really is this show through the lens of Piper? And it's almost like when we meet these characters, we're seeing the funhouse mirror version of who mm. they are versus who they are, you know, because she is this whole world and these people are so foreign to her. How she perceives them may not actually be who they are in t- at all. You know, like we're watching someone who is such a fish out of water from such another place to meet someone with Bantu knots. She probably doesn't encounter those people more often. So you're going to project an idea of who you think this person is versus who they are. You know, and so for me, that also helped me to try and root her into something that just because you see me a certain way does not mean that is what I really am. I know who I am. And she's very clear about who she is. And she has no problem stating who she is, is what I find exciting. It's when somebody does do wrong by her, she doesn't have a problem confronting Piper and telling her she's not a good person. She doesn't have a problem addressing her feelings and saying to, who say this season, sometimes people need love. She does not have a problem expressing herself, whether it's not for your, it's not understood by you or understood by you. She is going to, she's very clear if you're listening. That's why she's the soul of the show. <laughs> Honestly, for me, that's why she's the soul of the show. <laughs> Talking to uh, Uzo Aduba here on The Jolt. I'm Larry Flick. Uh, Orange is the New Black, available on Netflix. So this is a very... Uh, I'm sure, exciting assignment as an actor, a very draining assignment as an actor, a very complex assignment as an actor. Did you plan on being that kind of actor, the kind of actor who 
is peeling a character, a woman in those kind of layers in that kind of way. Because that is very different than going, hey, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. That's very different than even, it's different than even playing, you know, the shrew in a Shakespearean piece. Mm-hmm. Is that was this was this part of your plan your your fantasy as an actor? Yeah, um, you know, knock on wood, I I can you know do that, keep on doing it. Um, I I've always wanted to tell stories of I call it the missing, you know, the things and and people we don't see typically in our theatrical you know, theatricalized uh, tapestry. I, I, I've always wanted to tell those stories and have been drawn to those stories that are absent. And um, trying to find, I, and I find myself a lot of time when I'm doing work saying to myself, okay, well, okay, that's the, the, that's the, that's the clear choice and the obvious choice, but what, how could we make this interesting? Like well, there has to be something else in here that could make it more interesting because it can't just be this one thing. There's 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 probably more to how this person arrived at saying this, and um, I I am always trying to dig deeper, um, dig into the hard part, the part that I understand the least, trying to really like channel my energy into that and focus my time on that piece of that portion of that line or part scene. So that when that's clear, I feel like then the rest of it will really open up in a different way for me. Or I feel excited to take something and play it, you know, maybe a little differently. Case in point, when I was doing Godspell, I was doing Godspell on Broadway right before I started work on Orange. And the song that I had in it was um, By My Side, which is sort of the Mary Magdalene of it. And I remember thinking, okay, well, Mary Magdalene, she's a prostitute. And in those days, that's kind of, that was a big oh no and sort of the taboo of its time. And I said when we were building that character, I said, well, well, how can we make this relevant today? And at that time, culturally, um, marriage equality was, you know, a thing, a big or still a thing, but that was really like at the forefront. And you know, um, uh, uh, discrimination to the LGBT community, and you know, we're stoning. Pe- how who are we stoning today? You know, and. Um, I remember I wanted that character to sort of read in that way. There's there's always a Mary Magdalene in our time, you know, and who is that currently? And um, I wanted to peel into that in a different way and take the material and see how we could make it ring in that way. In doing that kind of work, does that mean that you, Uzo, have figured yourself out so thoroughly, or is this the vehicle by which you learn about yourself? I think the latter. Yeah. I would be honest. So does that mean that you are in a perpetual state of internal terror hmm. because you're playing these very complex women? <laughs> That's a great question and one I'm going to have to sleep on. I think I who yeah, you know, I think I feel that the work challenges me constantly to answer a lot of questions that uh wrestle and struggle inside me you mm. know? uh yeah because absolutely. as you're as you were describing uh some of the, the 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 groundwork you were doing for your your character in gospel i was i was 
moved by how empathetic you were to me as a gay person yeah. and gay people. But I was also thinking, well, she could be talking about African-American people because I think they're being stoned right now, too. Yeah. Um, it's 1964 up in this piece, <laughs> right? Yeah. So how how um, how responsible do you feel even to your own culture of men and women by the roles you play and the dissections and and all of that? I feel you, you have great questions. I'd Thank like to you. just like <laughs> pause there for a second. You're really, really excellent questions. Um. I feel a huge responsibility. And I think what I feel a responsibility to is this amazing opportunity to tell the truth and to reflect a fullness of a person rather than a cardboard piece of a person. That is what I feel a responsibility to. I feel a responsibility to being given and so meant not just myself. I know this is true for a lot of women on our show, but this opportunity where we're being able to show the various dynamics of various groups, be it my group, uh, you know, black people, Latino people, gay people, transgender people, uh, uh, white people, Asian people, gay, straight, all of it represented. And I think, I feel that, yeah, we're we're playing. You, I don't know if I've seen. I've never seen a character like this, and I feel responsibility to playing that well. I feel responsibility to the um, mental health community. I feel a responsibility to just being honest. That's what I feel a responsibility to. I don't feel a responsibility of making us uplifting us in a way that's different or untruthful or playing us down. That's untruthful. I feel a responsibility to telling the truth. So how did you, before Suzanne, how did you navigate on the days when people didn't want to know about that? Because one way that your life has to have changed is this woman mm-hmm. has, and the Emmy Award that you were given yeah. is evidence that you have hit pay dirt. And and this woman has given you a, a vehicle to hit pay dirt, um, and I'm I'm I would bet my rent money that you didn't always have that opportunity before her because there aren't as a lot, there aren't as many characters as this one floating out there in the atmosphere, and yet you're this woman before and after her. Mm. So how did you navigate those days? They were hard, you know. Uh, you know, I qu- quit acting the day that I got this job. Um, primarily because uh, the the television landscape, it's amazing how it's shifted in the uh, two years this this summer when Orange came out, from when Orange came out. Um, There wasn't a plethora of roles and characters of this type, not only for myself, but so many women of my tribe within Litchfield on Orange and then within the company of the show. Um, And so that was extremely challenging and discouraging. And I felt discouraged enough to quit for the first time in my life. I had never quit before. I never really quit anything before in my life until that moment. I doubted, but I never quit anything. And um, 
so it was it was very hard and it was a, a huge huge struggle and and uh brain dance you know brain scramble because you know I, I know that I love doing this thing and what is this just maybe I'm not meant to do this you know and when orange came along again going back to your previous question feeling responsibility also as an actor to stand in the gratitude of it and recognize the uniqueness of this opportunity and the many women who stand not just behind me but beside me you know wanting to do the same uh, in front of me wanting to do the same and um, to try and continue my very best to to honor that part and um, and and whatever other opportunities and gifts come out of that you know I just feel that I want to ask you something potentially very sensitive, but we've been going pretty deep there, Miss okay. Uzo. Hit me. Uh, potentially sensitive, but but I feel like we can do it. Um, how important is it for you on a day like today to let people see how beautiful you are? To see how beautiful I yeah, am? Yeah, to see how it's a completely superficial question. Yeah. But how important is it for people to see that you are a beautiful woman? Because... Suzanne is not is not framed as beautiful. Yeah. And and I think she's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I think she is too. Okay. And I also uh have you know raised around enough people of color to know that there is a a tonal uh prejudice within black folk. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh there you know there's there's you know and you are a a a dark skinned woman you're spectacular in your t- and your, I mean just unbelievably breathtakingly beautiful. Thank you. And I and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I wonder how important it is for her to take this opportunity to show that a woman who does not look like Vanessa Williams, for example, sure, is hot. I think what yes, I think what what is important to me is for people to one see me. I have a I have a niece who is eight years old she's going to be nine on sunday happy birthday gabriella happy birthday (laughs) and i love that baby and i feel a responsibility for her to know that there is more than the perceived idea of beauty in the world that i was brought up with i I think I'm beautiful. I look at myself in the mirror and I think I am beautiful. Actually, you're hot. <laughs> Thank you. <Damn. laughs> I think I am. I think I am. And um, and I want people to see that. I think, uh, yeah, it's important for me to see me, Uzo, and, and for people to see, for, to, for to be seen, you know, just to be seen. Do you know what I mean? Not to be seen as beautiful, but just to be seen. Mm. You know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> to be seen. I know exactly what you mean because you know I was talking with somebody the uh, the other day. The, uh, the there are, there are three invisible bodies in our society. Mm. One is a person over fifty. Mm-hmm. One is a very dark skinned African American, and one is a fat person. Mm-hmm. And I'm two of those. Mm. So I know what you're talking about, girl. Yeah. And I, I well, listen. And the thing that you want to be seen is that everything that you say, who you are, as you are, exactly, and then it's okay. Is beautiful, and I think that's the thing. I mean, my mom. I mean, I can tell this story very quickly. My mom 
who is one of the largest people in my life, you know, really instilled in me without my even knowing it growing up um, that as I am is enough and who I am is beautiful. And I have a gap in my teeth, in my front teeth, and I always wanted to close it when I was a kid. I wanted to close it, begged for braces, begged for braces. My mom would say, no, it's fine just as you are. Don't you know that in Ni- my family's from Nigeria, she'd say, don't you know in Nigeria that a gap is a sign of beauty and it's a sign of beauty throughout Africa? So stop it with this thing. And I'm like, we live in Massachusetts. Why are you telling me that? You know, like, like, you know, and, um, you know, and uh, that kind of thing and refusing, refusing. And it was by the grace of photographer, my senior year of high school, who said to me that he thought I had a beautiful smile. I have to find this man and send him a thank you note. Changed my life. Mm. And my mom wouldn't let me change myself as a kid. And when I got to this town and started, you know, meeting with agents and the agents was like, what are we doing about that gap? Are we changing it? And I said, no, I thought back to everything that my mom would, you know, kind of put in my bones that you are fine as you are. And I said, no, we're keeping it. I'm keeping that. I'm keeping my name. And that realizing that just as you are, you are enough. You don't need to do anything. So I would love not for people to see, oh, I think she's beautiful. But just as you are, I see you, and that's enough. Mm. Well, from one gap to to another, girl. Yes. Um, thank goodness you decided not to quit that day, thank or that you. you took back your decision <laughs> to quit that day. Thanks. Uh, and congratulations. Um, I I feel even more uh, firm in my belief that Suzanne is the soul of this show. Well, not thank she you. She is the soul of the show. She is the soul of the show. Orange is the New Black. It's on Netflix season three. Please come back so we can talk some more. I would love to. All right, This girl. has been delicious. Mm. I would love that. For me, too. Stick around. There's more to come with the jolt.